start of the podcast is welcome. This is Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast wherein a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find at their local library. For this episode of Bibliovile, Nick read Seraphs by Faith Hunter, and I read Zombie by Jeremy Robinson. Welcome to Bibliovile. My name is Mick Dickinson. And I'm Su- Susan Su- Dickinson. Yeah, thank you for putting down that switch for like a little bit so we can record this podcast. I just, it's so cute and I just want to play it all the time. Yeah, I got you a switch for Christmas and I know what you're saying. Uh, it's at the earliest December 8th. That's not Christmas. And to that I answer, uh, why wait? So, exactly. I gave you your Christmas present a week ago. Yeah, I know. And I've been sitting in it since. <laughs> you, you got me a desk chair. I did. It is a very nice desk chair. It's a very nice desk chair. Have you sat in a desk chair to play your Nintendo Switch? <gasps> Christmas. The Christmas miracle. I was going to say Christmas singularity. I like Christmas miracle better. Ex- There's more cultural context behind it. X massive singularity. I don't know. No. Anyway, this uh, this podcast is coming out a day late. Uh, hopefully not a dollar short because uh, of a freak scheduling basketball accident. Oh, yeah. Those happen pretty frequently here in the Dickinson home. Yeah. I had to announce a high school boys basketball and girls basketball. So high school basketball game, uh, I had to be the PA announcer. Thank goodness I only had to introduce people uh, <laughs> and not like subs in and outs and everything because that would have been a little bit much. So I had, to, I had to perfect my announcing voice. I used all of my podcast cred. I used some of my podcast cred this week, too. I recorded a podcast for work. Nerd. I know. Actually, this uh, spring, if things go well, I'm going to have like a podcasting class for high school. That's Uh, pretty legit. Yeah, it's mostly just teaching them how to edit and garage band. Anyway, uh, during this announcing for high school, I was also finishing reading my book because I didn't have time uh, up until that point. And everyone was looking at me very weird because this is a very weird looking book. uh, And I was reading while basketball was happening instead of watching the basketball happening. You're the worst teacher ever. Reading books. Yuck. Um, But I had to know like how much announcer stank to put on things it was it's not very easy to tell so we'll have to make somebody's name up i don't want to say real name so i had to be like uh for the red team it's terry shavio like like i didn't know how much stank to i probably should have used someone else than terry shavio i don't know who terry shavio is she's a big dead woman There is a big old controversy about this brain dead woman. Oh, no. Why did you use that? I don't know. I thought you were going to say Terry Johnson like my mom. That would have been safer. Yeah, probably. But the name that came to mind was a brain dead woman in Florida in the early 2000s that they took up. I feel like the only way that could have been worse was if it was Katie Genovese. Oh, well, then nobody listening would have ever noticed. Oh no, this is getting so grim. Uh, Speaking of so grim, I read Saros and man, is that grim. So I got to tell you, I thought that the title of this book was Seraph's Faith Hunter and they just forgot the apostrophe. The colon. Faith Hunter is 
the, the name of the plume, author almost certainly the yeah. nanda angelic plume because angels have wings you get it uh faith hunter i cannot imagine is a person's real name unless they were made to write stupid books about angels yeah we have had several stupid angel books and both uh, we had one where they're like cain and abel were characters oh, except yeah. they weren't and cain and eve. abel no they were cain and abel and eve was there but she wasn't the real eve though she didn't meet the real eve and then there was another book that had eve in it too um i read it the grim rose path. path was that mm-hmm. the biblical eve um unclear okay so were there characters from the bible in this one that were ambivalently Kinda maybe like, not characters from the bible um possibly if there were they're from like the bible's extended universe like the bible uh, eu one of those ones yeah. with like paradise lost where isn't it kind of funny that a dude wrote a book and we're like oh yeah that's pretty much like a bible spinoff that counts <laughs> like nowhere in the bible does it talk about the like the war between you know, like the fallen angels or yeah. who the devil is. They're like, no, in the Bible doesn't say that. I don't think. I'm not a biblical scholar. But like this dude writes a book and we're like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. You know, I've actually never thought about that before. Really? No. Yeah. Like, but you're re- like, I have read the Bible. It's been a long time. But I am pretty sure that that's not in there. Yeah. And so this dude writes like a, a biblical spinoff, basically biblical fan fiction and and Christianity, for the most part, is just like, yeah, I bet that's what happened. That's that sounds about crazy. legit. I wonder if there's anything else like that, like things that actually aren't related, but we've all just sort of accepted them to be true. Um, there's one thing. The 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 uh, depiction of the devil is never really given. That's true. Um, there's more stuff that we usually like think of. Oh, what's the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden? Um, we always think of it as an apple. Yeah, but that's not. The Garden of Eden is probably in Iraq. Yeah, so there I would mean, not be apples actually, there. I mean, uh, sorry, listener. The Garden of Eden isn't real. It's not a thing. <laughs> um, but it's the land between two rivers, so they probably meant it to be in Iraq with the tig- Tigris and Euphrates. Uh, apples don't grow there. No, they don't. Uh, it's probably a pomegranate or a fig. A fig. Also, it's a, it's a story. It's a, uh... A parable? A parable. So it's not real. But this book uh, is real, and I had to read it, and the story in it is fake. Uh, It's really bad. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I could not have guessed that it would be bad by the cover. The cover is an angelic man with some sort of wisp covering his groin and very muscly muscles everywhere else. He has so many muscles. Just the number of muscles is ridiculous. Like, his muscles have extra muscles. His There's muscles several the layers on the on his, like, side. side? Yeah. yeah, like, his serratus anterior don't show up because they've all formed into a fist instead of the fingers that you usually get. And then he's got like a tricep and then a quadricep on his arm apparently because he's got so many. It looks Swinging like a big old sword. It looks like some like slightly oblong grapes, just like in a bunch on his arm. Oh, that's what man, his muscles that's what the lady's like. leg. Yeah, slightly oblong grapes. Mm-hmm. Oblong grapes sounds like a really great fake detective. <laughs> Madame and Monsieur, je m'appelle oblong grapes. I will solve this mystery for you. I will solve this you. mystery for you. <laughs> We are stuck here on the train in the Atlantic Sea <laughs> Ocean. I am Chief Superintendent Oblong Grapes. Oblong Grapes. <laughs> the maid did it. This is a, a crime that I just can't solve. We need to pull in the big guns. It's time to call 
Oblong grapes. Sacre blue, the murder weapon. <laughs> she is a knife. <laughs> We're dumb. Uh, so anyway, Oblong Grapes Man, who is he? Uh, I don't know which one that's supposed to be. <laughs> um, there's several different seraphs, which are like angels, I guess. Uh, are, are they faith hunters? No. <laughs> They're faith hunters creations. Uh, our main character, and I knew this was going to be good as soon as you got it to me because I read the back. Living among among humans in a post-apocalyptic ice age, Neo-Mage, which fantastic Neo-Mage, what yeah. even is that? Thorn St. Croix. Thorn St. Croix. That's how you Isn't say St. Croix the like bubbly caffeine yeah. drinks? St. Croix. It's like I can't get enough of that pomegranate forbidden fruit St. Croix. Yeah. Oblong grapes is popping St. Croix every <laughs> single day. I like the apple ones best. He doesn't like the grape ones though. Yeah, this is not oblong enough. They He's... are too stout. <laughs> I said lose some weight, grapes. Okay, so Thorn Sierra Mist is our main Thorn character. Sprite, excuse me. <laughs> Thorn barely flavored bubble water uh, is our main character. She is a neo mage from the Enclave of New Orleans. This takes place in a post apocalyptic ice age, as the sentence I just read uh, depicts. And here's what oh. cha- here has what changed. Okay, let me take another run at that. Here is what has changed. I almost lost it again. Here is what has changed. Nothing. That was a lot of lead up to that. Nothing has changed. It's cold out. More Nothing often. has changed since when? Like the the not end of the world. So it's it's trying to get you to be like, oh, it's the end of the world. There's their society has collapsed, but they live in a town with like town fathers and traditions, and and people yeah. drive cars around, and there's televised satellite news, and they so look how things do they up know on that the internet? How do they know that it's the end of the world? Because there's angels and demons and stuff. But it's not really the end of the world. Well, no, it's not the end. Is of the end of the world, world coming? Apparently, it got uh, like paused, like the end of the world was about to start, and then something made it stop. So there's been a couple different wars. This is a sequel. Thank you very much for that. Uh, and it's the I'm, I'm led to believe that previously this woman was kicked out of the enclave in New Orleans, which is where all the neo mages live because they're dangerous because magic is dangerous. You know all that magic from the Bible. Yeah, that magic. All those magic. wizards that are in the Bible. Uh, she gets kicked out and goes to a town, Mineral City, which is apparently somewhere in Georgia. And so there's there's snow and stuff in Georgia because Atlanta is their nearest town, and Atlanta is still like a real thing. So it's like they do this pretty okay job of world building where like Puritans have come back, and like the uh, everything feels very Salem witch hunter trial type town. All right. Occasionally, like everyone is Jebediah and Zachariah and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But then there's the internet. And cell phones and stuff. And they never really do anything with the idea that there's this, like, old way religion. Like, half the town dresses in drab all blacks and, like, has beards and is very up and proper. And the other half is orthodox and there's miners and, like, scavengers and stuff. So I don't know what the heck is going on. It kind of sounds like she was trying for a whole lot of things and couldn't quite figure out. Hey, yeah, welcome to this book. I guess you've read it. What to aim for. Uh, So she used from the Enclave. In Enclave, the gilded prisons where my kind are kept, okay, where my kind are kept, separated from humans who hate us, such tiring helps, tiring, I want to get into, okay, this book is about Bible stuff, right? Yeah. Angels and demons and God and whatnot. The most high is what they call God. I I don't know if it's actually like Jehovah or whatnot. Is his name Sean? No. Like in the good place? No. (laughs) Um, 
uh, it's a lot like the Bible in a lot of ways. So I guess it, it really actually like lives up to its its subject matter, its inspiration. The Be- text is really small. The page is really thin. No, more like stuff just happens. And you got to go to seminary school for like eight years to be able to tell anyone what the, any individual word means. I really hope no one is studying for eight years in order to understand yeah. this book. Uh, stuff just kind of happens and there's words and concepts and there's like behind the scenes people figuring stuff out kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. the Bible is terrible to read. Yeah, because it's not like... So this is like yeah. one of what used to be my favorite book of the Bible before I, I had comprehension revelations because it's like, dude, Jesus has a sword in his mouth. Yeah. And it's symbolism for his tongue because he, he, you know, speaks things. But it's like in Revelations, shit just happens. Oh, yeah. It's bonkers. And it's bonkers. And that's it's just here. So the Enclave in New Orleans where my kind are kept, separated from humans who hate us. I'm just going to read it. It doesn't make sense. Such tiring helps control mage heat and out of control sexual arousal when in the presence of seraphs. In Enclave, almost everyone dances and practices the savage arts just as Audric, her friend apparently, forced me to. I knew that if I refused, I'd end up with broken bones, easier to give in. She is a friend. So it doesn't sound like Audric is her friend. If she fear, he's forcing her to do things. Oh, he's like fear the tough broken bones. He's like the tough mentor. I'm gonna wake you up at the break of dawn and beat you up. But the book begins with her fighting off the darkness, and he comes in furious because she's like screaming because she woke up from a dream and there's a there's a demon in her room or something. And then he immediately starts beating her up. Okay. And so, like, she's trying to kill this thing, and he's in the middle of training mode trying to hurt her. And so, for the introduction for this book, I was like, who are you fighting? Which one of these is the bad yeah, one? Yeah, who's the bad guy? Because he kept, she kept, like, throughout it, if you are, like, uh, if you hit somebody with your blunted whatever stick that you're training with yeah. in the heart, it goes, like, kill. I killed him in his heart, and he can, t- like, right, because it's a kill shot. Or whatever. Okay. And so she's talking about like I killed him here, I killed him there, I killed him in the other place, and he spun on. And so I'm very confused at the beginning. Yeah, because you don't know that yeah. about the killing. Yeah. Um. So angels make mages horny. Naturally. And mages make angels horny, and so they can't be next to each other except when they are. Did My... they? Did are they not supposed to bang? They're not supposed to. They banged a couple times. So this this is one of those fiction books that's. Like, I'm going to create a fictional world, and it's going to have a lot of rules. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, the fictional world Everybody's worlds, favorite. Yeah, fictional rules that I feel like I have to raise my hand and be like, is this going to be on the test? Yeah. Are my favorite books to read. Absolutely. Because seraphs and mages go into heat next to each other, and incontrollable sexual arousal. Um, and if they bang, then it... A different type of thing comes out but if seraphs and humans bang a different type of thing comes out and if humans and mages bang then a different kind of thing comes out so instead of notes i kind of feel like i need a flow chart yeah i this also gets into like midnight sins family trees yeah um so there's a lot of rules about who can do what i mean it's kind of like the bible there's like rules about these sorts of things and Mm -hmm. it's very old testament and very revelations so like the good ones that are fun and easy to read yeah instead of like acts where it's like this dude went around the country and here's some towns that still exist to this day which is why i still like acts but um so angels make mages horny and there's an angel in a nearby cave to mineral city like we're the way it's written, it's like up the trail. <laughs> like, they just kind of get there in a couple hours. Like, 
and she's there's like walking yeah and there's like thousands of demons and darkness and there's a captured angel or a seraph or whatever along with a different type of angel and a cherub uh one of the ones that is written literally as it appears in the bible in that she has like eight different heads and is entirely covered in eyes oh because it's meant to like oh i'm always watching you is the symbolism but no this one actually has eyes all over and also she might be an alien because there's a spaceship uh there's a spaceship in yeah this bible and, book? And, it, and it turns out that thorn is an omega mage uh which is okay. a thing that is um she uh, Audric has a male partner who is a human, but Audric is technically sterile, uh, so I guess that doesn't really matter. Um, but so two gay men, Audric doesn't really come across as uh, uh, typical or stereotypical. Uh, the other guy, however, does. He calls our person uh, from the times I've counted. He calls her Honey Bunch three uh. times and uh, Deary four times. He's an old knitting white woman. Apparently, Deary isn't even a good like pet name. No, um, this book is Come crazy. Deary. This book is crazy sexual, and it reminds me a lot about much like the Bible. Yeah, and it, like the Bible, and like the people who are really into it uh, in a bad way. Um, very sexual with still being like really embarrassed about sex. Oh yeah. Uh, so there's only one sex scene in this entire thing, and it's not any good, and it's not explicit at all. But there's a ton of uncontrollable lust and they're suck you by more like suck suck this book right this book sucks um that was a good one you really got him with that yeah i got it good uh and so there's all like men cavorting with demons because mm-hmm. they've been tricked into it and like a siren's call type thing which wouldn't that be fun to read from the man's point of view like what am i doing i can't stop myself i really want to bone this person and we just see it from like far away it's like oh the, he's over there banging this demon yeah it's like why is he banging the demon and then an angel comes and kills all of the guys who bang the demons. And it's like, it wasn't a choice. They yeah. got, like, tricked into it. But it's very Old Testament. Anyway, this book is very sexual. Here, <laughs> I forgot about this part. Here is an introduction of a character who is an offspring of one of the two combinations, which produces what's called a Kylan, one of those ones. Ah, yes, the Kylans. I smelled Thaddeus, Thaddeus Bartholomew. This is my favorite oh, forward. Terrible name. Terrible name, but this is my favorite four words. A state police cop. <laughs> oh no. It's the state troopers. No. It's the state, state police. police cops. No. Even worse, it's the state police cop. And Rupert's cousin. Across the street before I saw him, his body throwing pheromones into the air like an advertisement for pure sex. Thad was a walking come hither machine. Oh goodness. Uh, hiding among humans, half human, part seraph, part mage. His genetic heritage was jumbled. Stuck between forms, the change into third generation Kylan had halted, but the enzymes catalyzing his transformation were still active. Ah, yes. In a slow, hypnotic way, this sense. is a different thing. The serpent was a manifestation of the cold energies of the animethyst sealed in metal ammunition boxes stored below in the stockroom. Why? I don't know. She's a stone mage, and so there's stone why, things. But and there's, why there's so many adjectives? Reversing the polarity, and there's the energy that's not the energy, and all the stuff. Holding to both chair arms, I opened a skim, I don't know, and my sight together. What? The world reeled and tottered like a top around me. Gorge. What? Is that a name? Gorge rose in the back of my throat. Gorge? Gorge? A canyon? In the back of... Gorge? Like 
maybe G O R G E. Yeah, maybe like Gorge, I guess. That Gorge, that makes less sense. Gorge rose in the back of my throat. The otherness of the blended scan stole my breath. But when I what I needed to see, I released both senses. She this a, is this is so confusing because some of those words are real words, but they don't make any sense like in the combination Yahoo that serious, they have been put together. Like Yahoo Serious Movie Festival. Yes. That's a Simpsons joke. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Um, ha. She has Simpsons. a she has she has a stone from her enclave. That's like her visa because all mages need, excuse me, need to be tracked. But I thought she got kicked out of the enclave. She was engineered to get kicked. I don't know. So she has a visa and also like a GPS tracker and like a smartwatch. It's the apocalypse. Um, Naturally. And this visa just tells her to do things in her head and so she knows what's going on but we don't and so she just like says things and goes i don't know why i said that it's like we well we sure would i sure would like to know why mm-hmm. you said that i sure would like to know what's going on i sure would forest i sure would like to know what those words are yeah i sure would like to know any of these sorts of things here's another part the darkness's name is forcus so there's there's a made there's a, a bad guy the bad guy the darkness's name is Forcas, F-O-R-C-A-S, Forcas, Forcas. It was once a minor darkness, but when its boss got captured with a chain and Mole Man's bloody sacrifice, it got promoted. Now it's conjuring with Stanhope's blood, Mole Man's blood, my blood. So do you think minor darkness is like what we get in the summertime and then when it gets promoted, like that's what we're in, in right now in the winter? I think it's like... I'm beginning to think of a thing called love. Except sad sounding. Guitar. Because <laughs> it's in minor. I got That's a good one. Um, so there's this seraph. This is the plot. There's a seraph that's locked in a cage in this big old hole in a mountain, I guess. That's like a couple of miles up the road from Mineral City. Uh, we, and we got trouble in Mineral City. It <laughs> starts with a thing called P. Uh, that's a music man reference. I thought you know musicals. No, I don't know the music man. The music man? That lives, lives on, on Drury, Drury Lane? Lane? Drury? Yeah, I said Drury. <laughs> um, and so there's a, a seraph living in a cage, and apparently they're just like bringing mages in front of this angel, and so he gets super duper horny, and they get super duper horny, and then the seraph won't, but they do the mage, and then the mage has kids who, who grow up super fast, and then... Um, well, so more stuff happens that we don't get to see. And so they're planning their escape from that, that cage at the same time that Thorn, our main character. Is oh, going, that's right. Her. Yeah. Is going through a, a trial in her weird, like Old Testament town about being a maid. She's recently been outed and she's like a man seducer, supposedly. And that was like, so everything's still super sexual, but magic and witches have always been really sexual. Yeah. And I want to explore Why? Because it's forbidden and that's sexy or like. I think that like when you think about like the Salem witch trials, I think that there was always a connotation between magic and sex. Yeah, but what? Like it's it's this so like you dangerous like, forbidden thing that you're not so supposed like to do. It's like sexy? outside of the norm. Or yeah. like, so it's an excuse like, oh, I was magicked into yeah. cheating on my wife. Yeah. Oh, whichever. So it's always had this relationship. And so she's on trial and she just kind of gets away with it. Like, there's a big whole thing, like, six pages about all the stuff she's going to wear to the trial. Absolutely necessary. Actually, actually, there's, like, four pages dedicated to the jewelry. And there's probably, like, 12 to more about the, the clothes she's going to wear. 
Um, and then the satellite news is there and she gets away with it. So it, it didn't mean anything in the, anyway. So she's dealing with this and then there's minor attacks on the town. And then there's a major attack on the town where like people are being eaten in the street and people are having sex with sucky by. And she calls down the angel cause there's this thing they can do mage and dire come in holy fire or something. They have to sing like nursery rhymes is how they do magic. I know. And then the angel comes down and slays all the demons and then looks around for anyone who has committed any sins and kills them too. Oh, so, so everyone's like, dead. Yeah, pretty much. Um, a lot of people in the town have died, but they forgive her even, whatever. So they go up to save this angel. I don't I don't know how she found out he was in there or why she wants to, I don't know. They go up to the thing, they go into the tunnel and it's supposed to be like this suicide mission and it reminded me a lot of Mass Effect 2, so that was kind of cool. Um, and they are like fighting off all these different little minor demon zombie type things. And she's using magic left and right and throwing knives and a katana. Cause of course, um, nothing can be dark fantasy without Japanese inspired wep inspired weaponry. Does anyone have nunchucks? Uh, no one has nunchucks, unfortunately. And so, uh, this is said right before they go right into the, the devil's lair. Like literally, this is a different guy who's trying to bone her, but doesn't, I don't know. Uh, does anyone have a better plan? He says, you mean better than following a sexy, red-headed, sword-wielding sword neo-mage into a pit, battling spawn, dragonettes, a major dark mojo, and trying to kill some kind of aphrodisiac larvae like some kind of bad pre-ab, pre-apocalypse. B-grade movie, Eli asked with his roguish grin. God, I wish the book were as fun as that makes it sound. It's not. It's not. At all. That's the only time it sounds that fun. So the thing he said about the aphrodisiac larvae is apparently there's a queen succubus and she's going to lay thousands of eggs at once. Apparently succubi uh, hatch from eggs. Okay. And so if they go out in the world, they can like shapeshift and also convince men immediately through hypnosis, have sex with them. And, and it's bad because there's demons and they either eat them or get pregnant or something. So they want to stop those eggs from hatching. They want to save the seraph and they want to kill Forcus. Okay. So they go in there and the the succubus eggs are gone they've already left apparently uh they find the seraph and they let him out but he can't fly because he chopped his wings off and he just like refuses to help them and then they find forcus and the two other people that are in the cage with them she kills herself to sacrifice herself even though suicide is a bad thing in the bible but uh to sacrifice her now sacrifice blood lets them out of their cages because blood's a huge thing time is a huge thing but neither of those themes ever pay off Let's out the people. Uh, they get out of the cage. Somehow she wakes up and she's outside. Um, and the dragon is coming. Forcus is also there. I beg your pardon? The dragon. There's a dragon. And Forcus is also there, but he has tied her life force to him. And also, therefore, everyone that her life force is tied to is therefore tied to Forcus. Is so, anyone's life force in a sword? I, no, unfortunately. So everyone's life force is tied to Forcus, and the more he dies, the more life force he draws from everyone else, so they need to find a way to cut the life force and kill Forcus and something or something. And then some of the people are just like, oh, how about we use these shoulder-mounted shoulder nuclear launchers to close, the to close the cave so the dragon can't get out. Can we focus on the dragon for a minute? There's a dragon. I don't know if it's a literal dragon or a metaphorical dragon because we don't get to see it because they shoot nukes at it and close the canyon, and apparently it's not, oh. it's not strong enough to get out of a mountain or something. Um, so they let the seraph out and the seraph goes free and our epilogue is uh, the seraph getting back to the enclave in New Orleans because um, that's where the original seraph and mage had sex and, the, the, and caused all these issues. It's kind of like an original sin thing, I guess. So he, he arrives. 
Silver hair caught the sunrise as the seraph entered the room and knelt at her side. This is the person who told Thorne what to do or whatever. One hand stroking her forehead, his wings draped over her and to either side for privacy. My love, he said. She came. She freed me. Lolo's eyes widened. Her breath caught. No, she whispered. She clutched her throat, the lilac falling away. Yes, he said, and stood, his smile revealing small pointed fangs, and as the morning sun came through the window, his eyes glowed red. The end. Is that a bad thing? Are they going to do it? Is he a demon? Is he hypnotized? Is he a vampire? What's going on? Is she mad about it? I don't know any of those things. No. That didn't make any sense at all. Can we go back to the dragon for a second? Uh, the, I have told you everything I know. There's a dragon. It's a big force that's coming, and it's on its way, and they shoot nukes at it. That's literally all I got out of it. <laughs> It was asleep. It was in a rock, and Forkus let it out through the use of something. Mole man's blood. That's it. There's a big emphasis on blood, and everyone's sharing blood, and once you get the blood, you have some sort of power over everyone, but you also smell like the blood forever. Well, if there's that much, like, blood emphasizing, maybe he is a vampire? No. He's fangs. Yeah, he bites people's necks, but it's not for that. I think he injects poison. He doesn't, like, suck out blood. So why were his eyes going red? No, the the guy at the end was the angel that they saved, not Vorkus. Oh no, but that's what I'm asking. Like, I uh, is I he think a vampire? In the time that I've read it, I think maybe he uh, gave in and like did a succubus or whatever, and so she took her his soul or like injected him with devil like evil, and so now he's an evil angel. But so they nuked a dragon to rescue an evil angel. Yeah, and it was a bad book. How can that? How can that summary be a not fun book? They right? nuked a dragon to save an evil angel. Yasmin Galanorin would have done an amazing oh, job with nuking a dragon. Uh, do you guys? Do you want to record a metal song with me where the hook is they nuked a dragon to save an evil angel? Yes, because it I even do. like works phonetically and rhythmically. I think that's iambic pentameter. They nuked a dragon to save an evil angel. I think it is. I think you're right. I don't know what I am. I don't know what <laughs> I am. I actually, I actually do. It's the pentameter means that there's five rhythms, and iambic means that there's an, uh, an accent on every second. Okay. Or something like that. I can't remember. It's just so much. Sue me if I don't. But that's uh, Faith Hunter, uh, the book. By, by the Seraphs. Off, by Seraphs. Uh, I think Seraphs is a better author name than Faith Hunter. Faith if, Hunter is a terrible author name. Seraphs had authored a book called Faith Hunter, I think I would be less weirded out by that name-title combination. <laughs> glug, 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 right, boring okay, wine. <laughs> don't pour it over the carpet. We don't need another carpet incident. That's good. That's good. I wanted to make sure the mic got it. That was me peeing in the Sue's wine glass. No, it wasn't. Ugh. <sighs> <sighs> No, it wasn't. Okay, so, so tell me about Zomber, Zomber. Nick? Yes? I would like you to tell everyone at home how yeah. the word zombie is spelled okay, on the I was, title. I was very excited about this. I want to say the tagline first. Extinction dot 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 evolved because zombie is spelled X-O-M hyphen B. Zombie. Zombie, zombie. Do you have to let it zombie? This book you was know very bad. I'm a fool for you. You got me wrapped, wrapped around, around your zombie. Yeah. Do you have to? 
We just I boom. hated this book. I know. I love watching you hate it. I did not like it at all. It was a very bad. So at first I did not think it was going to be that bad. I read the first five chapters and my first note is the writing in this book is actually very well paced and quite engaging. And then I read the Uh-oh. next chapter and my next note is what the hell is happening? That's not a good juxtaposition. No. So this book is about 69%. Oh, nice. 69% just like normal, boring, every other zombie book. Zombie. Anime, right? The first 13 chapters are just the main character running away from zombies. Like 13 oh, chapters of that. That's all it is. It's, he's just running away and there are zombies and then he keeps running away. And he, he runs from place to place trying to get away from the zombies. And then there are more. How unlucky. Right? 13 chapters. And then some other things will happen and we'll take a little break and then there will be like four or five more chapters of our main character running from zombies. So our main character is 16 days old. He was created as a fully grown man and we we are introduced to him. He's with uh, an individual named Heap who is his protector and they are looking at the stars and then they see zombies kill someone, and then they try to help that person. But then that person gets turned into a zombie, and thus begins the zombie chase. He gets separated from Heap. He winds up meeting another person whose name is Luscious. She's a very curvy, red-headed woman. Well, and he name. immediately falls in love with her, but he has not yet experienced love or sexual attraction, so he doesn't really know what it is. What's his name, by the way? Crab? Uh, Freeman. Gordon? No, just Freeman. Gordon Freeman? Nope, just one name. Just Freeman. Oh, that's what the... Uh, oh, shit. I lost the reference. So... Half-Life. That's really, like, that's the first half of the book. Like, we meet Heap, we lose Heap, we meet Luscious. There's Wait, a lot Heap, of running no. from jom- zombies. We find Heap again later. Okay. Um, We find Heap again later, and then... Um, like my laundry basket. So then what happens is like there's this zombie horde. They're running toward the city because they think they can find safety in the city. They cross the bridge. I'm going to pause you there. Zombies. Why do you think going to a city would be safer? There's more people there and therefore more zombies. Because apparently the zombie contagion hasn't reached the city yet. So they cross the bridge to get to the city and then... Someone lights the bridge on fire to keep the zombies from getting oh, into the city. they're never job back. And then they bomb all of the rest of what they call the lowers, so everything outside of the city, and kill all the zombies. And also all the people that weren't zombies yet that were trying to get into the city. But Freeman and Luscious guess, and Heap... this is not pondered over at all. No. Freeman and Luscious and Heap make it over into the city in time, but then there are... Um, there's a big robot that's going after them because he thinks that they are zombies and he's trying to eradicate them before that they can spread the contagion to other people. And you're telling me this is a bad book? This sounds like so much fun. This in itself would have been fun. But... But... So... Every zombie book uh-huh. is the same, right? Like, every every TV show, movie, video game book about zombies like it all winds up essentially being the same thing i mean i there's would know only, i never wrote a book about zombies. there's only so many directions that you can go forward with a zombie book and so 
And also, I feel like one thing about every zombie movie or book or TV show is that they make fun of all of the other zombie books and movies and TV shows. So, like, that is that is kind of entertaining to me. But Do they have a special name for the zombies? No, they're just zombies. What? Sometimes they call them the undead. You can't do that. You don't say zombies in your zombie book. Nope, they call them zombies. Call them walkers. Nope, zombies. Or freakers or Not creamers. only is this a zombie book, this is a very pompous zombie oh, like book. Like Rob Zombie. Robert Zombie. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Robert me. Zombie the Robert third. Robert Zombie the third. Uh, she crashed into my scapula. Oh. Oh my. You don't get anything. It's very... <laughs> Robert Zombie. Rob Zombie. My scapula burned through the bitches and dirt. I'm sorry I didn't get your Rob Zombie reference. Scapula. I'm a little concerned that you made a Rob Zombie reference other than uh, just referencing the name Rob Zombie. I don't know any Rob Zombie songs. Burn through the bitches. <laughs> That's the only one. So. Robots and bitches. <laughs> don't forget about you, delicious. You what's her name? You don't. Luscious. Burn through the bitches, bridges and do up the delicious, luscious. All right, listen, it got away from me. It's not, it's not fun to play when only one of us gets to play. <laughs> Should tell you about that switch. Oh. 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 <laughs> this is good. This is good radio. Good podcasting. So. The setting for this book. Can we do the rest of it in ASMR voice? The setting for this book. There was a time known as the grind, when Freeman's people lived as slaves to another race, referred to simply as master. They were property, but a civil rights movement emerged. Change seemed near, but the masters refused to bend. Instead, they declared war. And lost. <laughs> so there used to be pre-zombie, pre-freemen, there used to be essentially two classes of people. Like there were the masters and there were the slaves. And the slaves hey, started right? a civil rights movement where they were protesting their mistreatment by the masters. And the masters responded to the protests, which were peaceful, by bombing the shit out of them. What? Crazy, but it was right? peaceful. Well, it probably just wasn't respectful. There's just a little bit of social allegory in here. And um, very well done, and I will say. So hidden. They, they just bombed the shit out of these protesters and killed a bunch of them. And so in retaliation, two of the slaves broke into a laboratory and they stole a virus that they released... And the virus wiped out all of the masters. A typical tolerant left. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Yep. Fight, fight fire with fire. So all of the masters were exterminated. They all died. And the, the virus. We learned later that the virus was like piggybacked off of the norovirus. So they like pooped a whole bunch and then they died. <laughs> <laughs> I did find that kind of funny. More like diarrhea. Ah, and so all the masters are dead. And then we have this, like... Kill your masters. Sort of, like, um, 
Not zombie. uprising. Apocalypse. Oh, they had a word for it. Overthrow. Awakening. An awakening. And so the the masters are all dead. The former slaves are now all like in control. They build these cities on top of the old city. New New York. Yeah. And they it's supposed to be this like utopia where no one is enslaved. Um, but <laughs> wow, that's set a high bar. But there's still like poor people, and oh. um, like there's the the world is divided into the city, which is like the uppers, and then everything else, which is called the lowers. The lowers is what gets bombed to death. Like and at loss? one point, when Freeman meets Luscious and a, a man named Jimbo, who is promptly killed, mm. um, Jimbo well, says that job at Texas A and M. Jimbo says to Luscious about Freeman, can you believe this guy? Probably thinks we're all created equal, that we all have the same potential. There's a reason we live at the bottom of the lowers, kid. We can't change who we are. We're limited by our pasts and upgrades go to those who contribute. Thing is, we have nothing to offer but smiles, hugs, and a range of skills no one is interested in anymore. So... Some social, some social allegory in oh, there. Oh, and just really just dead, like super, flexibly done. Super delicate, subtle. Delicate yeah. done. Very, very subtle social They're robots allegory. is what I'm led to believe. Upgrades and such. Yeah. That's supposed to be the big, tw- like one of the big twists at the end is that at the end we find out that all like the former slaves are all robots. And it's supposed to be this huge twist, like Dog. no one knew. And I'm like, it's on the I cover. thought that was super obvious. It's on the cover, and he just yeah. mentioned friggin' upgrades. Yeah, upgrades. I thought plus... it was literally the movie Robots. So, plus, how could a virus know to only kill the masters and not the slaves, and then, unless there was some sort of biological difference between the two, that one could get the virus and the other couldn't because they're robots? Yeah. This so, isn't yeah. this isn't exactly Blade Runner. No, they're robots. Zom Blade Runner. Zom Blade Runner. Um Zom Blade. This book is just so pretentious. Like there's just so much through the unnecessary yes. nonsense. Let me find more of it for oh, you. Oh, I miss necessary nonsense. My mm-hmm. good time barbershop quartet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were mad at me, and then I told it a good joke. You did tell a good joke. I feel like like sometimes necessary nonsense is just the fun stuff, like Rodney the Bone Golem and oh, Chase having nunchucks. Very That's a very necessary, necessary non- nonsense. This is just like it's pompous for the sake of being pompous, and they're so in your face about everything. Um, and at one point, Luscious is talking about the grind. Luscious. Her name's Luscious. The grind. The, yeah, that's the days of slavery. Ah. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. When the grind ended, we were supposed to be free, not just of slavery, but of limitations. All those people died so that we could become more, not less. Like, it's just so over the top all many, the time. How many capitalizations are in here? Um, like the grind, the lowers, the, the grind. Yeah, the some masters. of some of the upgrades, like the when they talk about the upgrades, those are capitalized too. How the is masters, that a twist? The, the council. There's the, always a council. Always a council. How was? I cannot wrap my right. How is this supposed to be a twist? That was one of my biggest pieces of beef with this book. Is that it Ooh, was like it was supposed delicious. to be a big twist that they were all robots. Like Freeman had a really hard time. Like believing it. and accepting it that he was a robot too. Like, dog, you're 16 days old and you're a f- fully grown man. Like, of course you're a robot. Do you think maybe it was supposed to be like an unreliable narrator? Like he couldn't put it together because it's all he's ever known. 
but we know because we know we don't talk about upgrades. Maybe. But it wasn't. But they talk bomb. about upgrades. Like well, know, he knows like, that he has upgrades and they all talk about upgrades. But like maybe he thinks that's just a human thing to maybe, do. Maybe I guess so. Like favoriting corporate Twitter or something. Yeah. So at one point they lose heap again and Freeman no, goes he... Freeman goes back for him. Okay. Uh, I let go of Luscious's hand. I can't leave him again. Yes, Nick? Just something that I thought of right now. How do robots turn into zombies? I'll get there. Okay. She stares at me for a moment, battling with her fear. Then a strange calmness slides over her face. Do you remember what Jimbo said? We can't change who we are? I nod. He was wrong, she says, and takes my hand. Not nodded? I nod. Yeah, it's first person present. I smile wide despite the fact that I'm about to die and step forward. Heap falls nearly over when he sees us step up next to him. His hands lower and his posture becomes angry. Don't argue, I tell him. This is who I've decided to become. We stare at each other for a moment, come to a silent agreement, and face forward to meet our discontinuance head on. Also, they refer to death as discontinuous. Of course they're robots. How are they not robots if they refer to death as discontinuance? I was built a small black child. (laughs) um also luscious is called luscious not because that's her name but that's because her that's her robot model she was a sex robot i i gathered this is like i ai all over again yeah um luscious wraps her arms around my waist and despite the circumstances i must admit to feeling a deeply pleasant surge of emotions as a result when she leans her head on my back the surge is calmed it's like she has some kind of control over me and despite the fact that control over another human was forbidden by the grind abolition act i find myself a willing participant in relinquishing myself to her like that's the kind of writing that just drives me crazy like, I get that that's supposed to be indicating, like, he's this, like, uptight robot man who's still learning how to interact with people and all this Leap stuff. But, like, it's just so irritating and I hate it boners? so much. Um, there's a weird robot sex scene where they, like, it's supposed to, like, imply that they have sex, but they don't. But really, they just hug because they can't have sex. Oh. It's so, like. Well, well, she's not a very good sex robot then. Well, I don't think he is a, I don't think he is a weeder. Well, I would like to see is a robot sex scene in which the robots are just like 10 times better than everyone at sex. That would be pretty it's just, good. It's just like, like with machine rapidness. Mm. And really, when you think about it, isn't that the fate of all humans when and the fate of the it? human condition is that robots will be better at screwing than you? Yeah, probably. We're designing our own rep or our, our own replacements in the bedroom. Yeah. I try to be nihilistic about it. I'm not very good about being. <laughs> I'm not very good about being funnily nihilistic. So, later in the book, we get zombie robots. So that's All that's left fun. is Nazi robots. I tell you. <laughs> so pirate robots. Freeman was created by the council to be some sort of superhuman, because <sighs> of course well, there's super a council. Robot. They make it to the council, and City then the 17. council says, "Freeman, you have to get out of the." The city, and 17. there is like some sort of radio signal that's being broadcast. And one of the councilmen says, That's what's directing the zombies. They're listening to the radio signal. You have to go find it and shut it down. And so he sends them out of the city on this mission. 
And the councilman's name is Councilman Moore. And as soon as we were introduced to Councilman Moore, I was like, oh, this dude's going to be the bad guy. More like Councilman. Well, I mean, a politician with a last name Moore? Got to be the bad guy. For sure. I mean, in these times? In this economy? In this economy? So there's also another councilman named Councilman Sir. Damn it. Who is like the strategic military councilman. He becomes important later. Are you sure it's not Councilman Moray? No, it's M-O-H-R. Oh. Like J. Moore, the Santa Comedian? Yes. Good. Is that the really short one? No, I don't think so. I don't is know that one she... of the Jimmies? No. <laughs> or else the Jimmies that Jimmy. are all the same? Jimmy's Fallon. The Jimmy's Fallon and Kimmel? Who's looking for a big oh. old quote? Who is? I've already seen that there are different perceptions of reality, especially when it comes to tragic circumstances. The only real way to find the truth is by exploring all possibilities over time, not adopting a single person's point of view. While I am saddened <laughs> by Luscious's discomfort, I am relieved that my confusion about the world isn't a solitary experience. We're supposed to be surprised that this motherfucker is a robot? You are. I love how he's getting further away from the human condition if he's like. I should examine all angles. And it's like, nah, dog, that's the Who least. Does he, that? That's the least human thing you exactly. can do. Exactly. At one point, he compares luscious to wheat, like the plant. No, he I, says, I gathered the the I, seeds can lay dormant for thirty years, surviving brutal conditions, drought, freezing. Does she it save sperm? All of its strength and vitality in a hostile environment until the right conditions emerge. Then it shoots up out of the ground, grows strong, provides nourishment for animals and reproduces, spreading its power and influence, changing the world around it. See? Wheat. What? Why was any of that necessary ever related. Ha ha. Um, Let's hops on over to the next one. (laughs) Did you like my joke? Yeah, that was a good joke. Um... At this point, we get just a bunch more. Susan. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. That wasn't bread. <laughs> then we get a bunch more action scenes, and it's a very exhausting. Then we get to the twist. So they're robots. The Turns first out twist it's man. is that they're robots. So they get to the place where the radio signal is coming from. It's like this big underground laboratory. And at that point, I'm expecting Councilman Moore to walk out. Like, dun dun dun. Here's the big bad guy. Do you remember? When we, when I finished for the first time, Midnight Sins, and we got to the end, and the bad guy was someone that Never we met. hadn't been Larry introduced Barry. to. Yeah. So the bad guy is a woman named Haley Meyer. I am beyond being able to surprise <laughs> at the fact that we've never met this person. So she's the last surviving master, the last surviving human. She's a robotics engineer. And she felt bad for the robot, so she wrote an update to the operating system that caused them to become free by duplicating human intelligence and allowing free thought, and that's what caused them to protest. And then the humans responded to that by destroying a bunch of them, and so... Then the robots killed the masters, and then Haley wrote the code for the zombie virus. So she's basically trying to wipe out everything and start over. So she's working with Councilman Moore, 
who is actually also a human, but in a robot body because he and Good night, everyone. He and Haley. I'm done with the podcast. Transplanted, <laughs> transplanted their thoughts into robot bodies. I'm out of the apartment. I'm gone. Bye, Mick. I parachuted away. And so they're trying to destroy everybody, like the robots and the the people except there's no people it's just the robots so they're trying to destroy all the robots so they can start over with freeman and they're doing this because they're trying to push evolution forward because humans became stagnant and weren't evolving anymore and they needed some sort of disaster to help them evolve so the first twist is one that's not really a twist. And then they just throw oh. so, 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 so many things. I'm back. And it's supposed to be like a twist on a twist on a twist on a twist on a twist. But instead, it just makes no sense and I don't care. Do you ever meet those people that are like, hey, we need to solve global warming? And you go, yeah, we do need to solve global yes. climate change. And they're like, and I really don't like all these other things that you don't like. And you're like, yeah, I am really scared about all those things that you said. And they're like, plus overpopulation. Like, ugh. Yeah. As soon as you said overpopulation, I know what your next thing is going to be. We need to have a lot fewer people, and that's going to lead you to genocide. Yeah. All and so when they're like, humans have genocide. Yeah, when you say humans have stopped evolving, you're basically saying there's not enough Uber mention. So you mentioned climate I Uber mentioned climate change. So apparently all of this is an analogy for climate change because at one point when she's trying to justify everything, Haley says, the masters were the real monsters, Freeman. I saved the world from them. They weren't just enslaving us. They were destroying our world and everything on it. Throughout the long history of this planet, there have been five major extinctions caused by asteroid collisions, climate change, massive volcanic eruptions, and floods, all naturally occurring phenomena. But there has been a sixth major extinction event that began with the emergence of the human race. They weren't just living through the sixth major extinction event. They, they were, were the major. It. Oh, no, no. They were the major extinction event. That's how that sentence should have gone. You're correct. So then there's another battle scene between Sir and Sir is a robot like Freeman that they created to be the big military guy. Plus he assassinated Robert Kennedy. And Freeman defeats him by implanting in himself the knowledge and skill needed to defeat him that he gets in a microchip. I want to talk about this. The, like the fact that we can just plug something in and then there's the solution to What's, all our problems. Why is that, that drives me crazy. Why is that in so many books? Why is it in so many books? Also, in my book, my main character was the owner of a small business. Why are there so many owners of small businesses in bad books? I have a theory because it's harder to write an interesting person who writes for somebody else or works for somebody else. So every good book has a working stiff Joe yeah. character and every bad book has a self-employed character. And they all have like quirky job titles. Yeah, they're all like artisans. Yeah. She is a, like a stone cutter. Or they run like lingerie shops or... No offense, Yasmin. No, no, no. That was, um, that was Nikki Sticks in Dead Girls Yes, Easy. but... Uh, Camille runs a bookstore, and Manali runs a bar. Yeah, and uh, 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 Delilah runs a private investigation agency. Anyway, your last point. Sorry. Anyway, that's bad books. What's so, up with that? So one more thing. Solo Un. At the end, 
Freeman and Luscious get married and then they have a baby because Luscious can get pregnant because they're human after all? 